welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm one of your hosts, EJ, and joining me today is Lori. Hello. And T. Hey, everyone. This is episode 25, which we're calling them Reactionary Masks. Uh, just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. Um, so reactionary masks is going to be a little bit of an interesting topic. Uh, we've going to do our best to not point fingers at any one group thing or stuff going on, but we did want to talk about how, um, how we react to the things that we hear, um, because so much is going on in the world, um, to, you know, a war in Ukraine, shootings in schools, um, just pick a topic. I mean, even the, the price of gas is up to, you know, over $5 a gallon and poor truck drivers and the diesel, co you know, cost is like six or dollars or more in most places and the, at least here in Washington. And there's just so much going on and it's how we choose to react and how we, um, want to talk about it because I think we all want to talk about it and have discussions. Um, unfortunately, not everybody reacts the same way and some groups, you know, and we're not going to say names or anything because I don't feel like that's fair either, but some groups choose to react a certain way and, you know, or one way or the other and, or certain people have choices. And I don't, I don't want to say that they're wrong because they're reacting, they're choosing to react in that way and that's their choice. Um, we also, the three of us are in different walks of life and we're also in a professional environment oftentimes where we want to maintain some neutrality in the sense of like how we react. Like I was raised personally to not talk about politics, religion or money with anybody. That was how I was raised because those were things that were very touchy topics. They still are. And they still are, you know, agreeably. Yes. And so there's a lot of stuff going on and that that's why, and you know, and in the Bible, it teaches us don't judge, um, love everybody equally, um, you know, treat how others, how you want to be treated. So that's the kind of conversation we're going to have is discussing like, you know, when you hear something, maybe try and fact check it a little bit before you start talking about it. Um, and when we hear stuff about stuff that's going on, like I was extremely distraught when I heard that there was a school shooting not long ago. And there's been others since then. And there's been other shootings, not just school shootings. And how that can affect us. And I, I want to say that you're allowed to have a reaction. Anger, frustration, sadness, depression, that's all feelings and emotions you're allowed to have, but it's what, how you go from feeling those emotions to going the next step is what you do next is kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I'm hoping that we're going to, I, I've always been one of those people and learned throughout the years. I, I want us, the three of us today to model what healthy communication looks like, what healthy discourse looks like. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to be yes people, no people. I, we don't have to be reactionary people. We can be 
highly intelligent emotionally and mentally. Um, and I think personally that emotional intelligence is probably one of the biggest keys to being successful in being less reactionary. Um, and emotional intelligence is something I feel very, very passionate about. And I feel like we all need to engage in it more and learn how to be more emotionally intelligent. Um, so I'm hoping that we're, what we're gonna be doing today is modeling how to do that. Um, because I'm a stand in the gap, fill, see a need, fill a need kind of girl. And, and as EJ mentioned, all over social media, in the news, in every conversation, I was literally in the produce department on Wednesday and just doing something very simple and some customer said something and next thing you know I was in the middle of a political conversation and I was like how did I get here in the produce department you know and um it wasn't and it wasn't a bad conversation but it was just very odd that I was speaking with a stranger about the current political you know, status of what was going on. And we were kind of agreeing upon a few things, though he said some things that I was like, well, I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole, <laughs> you know, um, but it was, it was just really interesting because I was, I think these conversations, these reactions can come anywhere nowadays, whether it's road rage, right? We have higher levels of road rage than we've ever had. We have, you know, shootings, we have um, actual divides in our country over politics. And, um, you know, everything seems to be, everything really seems to be, uh, who am I supposed to blame? That we have to lay blame at someone's feet or doorstep, if you will, that they're Somebody must be causing this and I either have to agree with them or, you know, get on that bandwagon or get off. Right. And I feel like that is, that's not healthy and it's not unifying and it's, it's so divisive. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Um, T, I was hoping you could shed some light on, you know, just, um, from that counseling point of view, what exactly this, you know, how the mental health piece fits into this reactionary, um, driven society that we currently seem to be engaged in. Yeah. So, um, first of all, in, in the field, we call it being reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people are more prone to it than others just naturally. Um, but I do want to kind of cut back to something that's, I think is falls at the foundation of the situation. And that's our choice. Most people react not realizing they have a choice in how they react, that they can stop and pause and decide what they're going to do next. And so that's the, that's the first step is just knowing you have a choice, um, People, I, I think there's a sense of sort of um, 
with everything so instantaneous right now, like we have instantaneous access to so much and we get in this frame of mind in which we get instant satisfaction, we get instant gratification. I know those seem like the same thing. We, we can, everyone has a voice now, everyone, to the point that now no one has a voice because we can comment on anything. We can get up on our little platforms and scream to the top of our voices of what we think. But what we aren't seeing is any change. Like we're not there to change someone's mind when we do that. We're there to scream our own reactions, our own feelings. And so, and then nobody's listening because unless it fits their narrative, if it fits their narrative, then they're listening. So then we're getting people coming back with, we either get validated because people agree with us and that feels good or people fight with us but then we get gratification from the fact that there are people on our side and it's us against them and so then that becomes the mentality is it's us against them and and everything becomes concrete um so i mean i was actually having a, a similar conversation with a friend this morning that it's all become so tangled um but there's this concept of what's called homeostasis and that's at our cellular level that we, everything within our bodies, within the world, wants to seek the middle. But we're on a pendulum swing right now. So everything's swinging from one extreme to the other. And we can't, and we're having a hard time resting in the middle. So I think those things are factors that we're dealing with. But it's being aware that when we uh, read something on social media and we're having a reaction to it, we're reacting to a thing rather than the person saying it because we have no idea about that person and who they are and what their authority is. Right. So um, I think those all I have play. A, all I have a play question, T, because I want to make sure I understand. So at our core being, us humans, we desire to have that balance or inner peace, right? right? Okay. Right. Everything, everything um, within us seeks the middle. It doesn't, like our cells, if they're on one extreme or another, there's an illness, there's something wrong. So it works to stay in that middle. I'm simplifying it greatly, but that's what it, though, everything within us seeks. And um, a lot of things within the world too, most things within the world seek that middle ground. And when it's not in the middle, it's fighting to get to that middle. Okay, so now I have another question then. Um, so I, I want to word this in a, in a way that does not sound judgmental. Um, <laughs> so what happens or what is going on with certain people when they seem to... to be validated only when they're, as you said, screaming their opinion out. Because there do seem to be people that, that are motivated by getting reactions. Is that, is that because they're out of their own sync with their, their, their human's desire for homeostasis or what 
What is that a um, signal of? Well, I'm using homeostasis as sort of a way to describe just nature, just wanting this to be in the middle ground. Um, as far as people who seem to get something out of that. Um, I was trying explore. to word that very delicately. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's sometimes you find, and I don't think any of us can find ourselves in that position at times of getting something out of the discord. Um, yeah. And I think, yes. I think it's a complicated topic and I don't think there's one single answer that would fit everyone. And I think that's the other piece that we're, we're kind of fighting with is that we're trying to find things that fit everybody. And when you do that, someone's going to miss out because there really isn't any way to, uh, it's not a one size fits all situations. Most of these mm -hmm. things that are going on, there's not one simple answer. It's very complicated and we're trying to put them in very neat, tidy little boxes and it doesn't work that way. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately. So, you mean um, life is messy? <laughs> yeah, life is messy. Life is messy. And we have emotions that we haven't, I feel like we've moved away from learning to tolerate negative emotions. And yes. so we try to, we don't like negative emotions, so we're going to avoid it. And so we're trying to make everything fit uh, to, to um, be happy all the time. If, if we're sad or mad or ang uh, frightened, then we're not doing it right. And oh, by the way, there's a pill for that. So, um, what we, what I think a lot of what we're dealing with is people have forgotten that being sad and angry and afraid and all of those feelings that we don't like are there for a reason. Those feelings exist because it, it serves a purpose. Um, it serves being afraid serves the purpose of letting us know that there might be danger nearby. Being angry serves us a purpose to get ready to deal with something that might be um, difficult. Uh, sometimes anger is, is, propels us to make a change um, in our circumstances. Uh, being sad is, is a natural reaction to something that is sad. Um, so we have no tolerance for that though. There's no tolerance for it. We, we panic and, and feel like we have to fix it immediately. And then um, instead ooh, of ooh, sitting with it. I can, I can totally talk about myself in that one. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be, it's not even political. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking. So, um, so first off, anybody who's watching on YouTube or on the video, this is gonna be the last time you're gonna see this background. Um, so I'm going to be moving and when the, it, it kind of came up suddenly, or at least suddenly to me, I don't like change. I like things to stay very linear. I know what I'm doing and not in a contentment sort of way, but in a, um, when things are settled and calm, I'm good. Like mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. So something happened, some finances shifted, some hours, I got to, lost some hours, then a client uh, got a new caregiver, so I didn't need to work with them anymore. So it was kind of some shifts and I didn't have any more, you know, I had to make a choice and the choice that was approached to me was Lori was like, so for those of you who don't know, I live in Tacoma, Washington. Lori lives across the state and the other side of Washington, five hours away. And she says, well, you know, I have an extra bedroom and a whole lot of space that you could store your stuff if you want to move in with me. And we've been roommates before, so it wouldn't be like anything foreign for me. I 
lost it. And for like two days, I was distraught. Like I didn't even want to consider it, but I was so mad that it was like my only option. And I was just doing, and I just, I just wanted balance. I just wanted to fix it. And I'm like, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. And I was so emotional. I just didn't want to make that decision to pick it, make a choice because I knew once, but now that I've made the choice, it's like, okay, I want to get it done. Like, I don't want to sit around and do it. Like I've decided I'm going to move because it's financially, it's physically, it's emotionally going to be the best choice for me. Um, I don't know the church over in Spokane that well. So I don't know, like, cause that's going to be the closest church for me. So I don't know how well I'm going to settle in spiritually, but I'm praying that it's going to be the right move for me. But, you know, I've sought advice. I've talked with people, trusted people that have given me decent and healthy advice pro and against that I've weighed back and forth. And I've made the decision to go ahead and move because we're not meant to be stationary in the same spot. God did not create us to stay in the same spot. If that was the case, Jesus would never have left, you know, Bethlehem or, you know, any of those places that he was at because he would have just gotten content, but he doesn't, that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to be able to ebb and flow like the ocean and move. And I think for me, if I can just nail down and feel comfortable in that situation, like that reaction for me was extremely raw and extremely emotional and extremely hard, but that was my choice at the time. But even after a couple of days of that, I realized, okay, Aaron, you really got to like nail this down. Cause you like, this is just not you. And even Lori told me, she's like, Aaron, this is not you. She's like, I was getting a little worried about you because like, I was like bawling my eyes out for like hours on the phone with her, just at, even at the consideration of moving. And yes, there's a lot of factors to that. I'm moving away from all I've ever known on Western Washington to move to a completely different place for me than I've ever lived before. So it is a big move, but it's going to be a good move if I just look at it as a good move. Now, translate that to some of the stuff going on. Some people fly off the handle when something happens, and that's okay because they're reacting to it. But sometimes that's not healthy. And it's who witnesses that, that can start making people concerned. Like Lori was really the only one that saw me extremely distraught about the moves. Other people probably would have had a panic attack at how I was reacting because they would have never seen me like that before. I, yeah, so I don't know how they would have taken it if I would have been like that around them. But the thing we've been besties for a long time. I handled it okay. Right. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, so something, some, so, some feedback on what you're talking about. Let's talk about the difference between having a reaction and being reactive. Yes, so having a reaction it. is is your thermometer it's it's a way to gauge how you're feeling right and that's what you did and that's your feelings did exactly what they were supposed to they they alerted you to a problem they let you know that there was an issue and it needed to be dealt with you were mm -hmm. react having a reaction that was out of character for you so you were able to notice Lori was able to notice etc and it allowed to put, allowed you to be in a position to stay take stock and go okay so i have some choices here you didn't deny that those feelings were real or that that they mattered 
Right. You just said, okay, so I can't keep going like this. And you made choices and decisions. Being reactive or reactionary, however you want to put that, is, is when you do those things and have, a, have the, those reactions and then don't resolve them. And so um, it seems like a fine line, but I know when I am in that place of being reactive, like I'm one of those people, if you tell me no, I, I just do it anyway. And so, and even if it's, there's that phrase, cut, cut your nose off to spite your face. I so will do that if I'm not careful, because I know that about myself. I know that I can be very reactive. Um, I don't like being told no, at least not you know, straight up without no. some discussion, mm -hmm. or I don't like being told what to do. And so um, even if I'm being told to, what I'm being told to do is the correct thing or whatever, I know that I'm likely to cut my nose off to spite my face. <laughs> so, um, so that's, you know, that's being reactive when it's, when it heads down that, that place of doing things that aren't good for you or anyone else, or doing it just because, you're reacting willy-nilly but having a reaction to a situation is healthy and normal be because it 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 comes from the place our reactions are also informed by our our history and our experiences and and whatnot so uh yeah my 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 head cold is kind of getting in the way, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> well, I was thinking, T, that um, one of the things, <clears throat> this is where healthy emotional intelligence comes in. You said there's a difference. It's when we don't resolve those emotions, when we don't appropriately handle them, deal with them. That's when we have issues, problems, if you will. Um, or if our emotions and our reactions and our thoughts trumps everybody else's. Right. That, that right. can also be an issue when we don't allow for others. I also wanted to kind of touch base on another terminology that, that's been used and that's judgment. Not, we don't want to judge others. We don't want to do this. There's a difference between judging and discerning. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's I talk think, about that. What what What's that difference? So judging is, is casting... Um, judgment it's it's casting uh either or onto onto someone or something and saying you know this is right or this is wrong discernment is sort of saying this doesn't work for me or it works for me is my simplified version of that um when we judge others we're we're saying that they've done something right or wrong and therefore um they could be there's a, there's a sense of punishment to it or guilt or shame and all those things uh discernment is just simply saying you know i i know what works for me i know what my values are i know what this i know that and this just is it's either going to work for me or it's not going to work for me but i you do you boo yeah yeah i was thinking that when I, you know, just as a lay person on the other side, when I think about judgment and discernment, um, I've learned a lot through counseling and through years of experience that 
when I'm engaging in judgment, you're right. There's things associated with that guilt, shame, um, anger, uh, even frustration. Um, those are negative emotions that are definitely associated with, with judgment, whether it's on myself or on others. And whereas when I'm being discerning, the things that come with that are peace, um, um, grace, mercy, forgiveness, you know, all of those things come into play. And again, for myself and for others. So learning that feelings are feelings. They're not right or wrong. So if a feeling is not right or wrong, then why, what is it? Is there something about us in this human nature that we need to, to take something that should have no right or wrong and make it right or wrong? I think, I think that's sort of our, uh, let me think about my answer for a second. So feelings in and of themselves are not right or wrong for that person experiencing them. We may look at it and say, well, it doesn't really fit the situation in our, our opinion. That that's kind of discernment. That's saying, well, that I don't understand why they're having such a strong feeling. I wouldn't have that strong feeling, right? Judgment is you shouldn't have that strong feeling. You shouldn't feel that at all. That's judging. Discernment is just understanding that, that yes. that's not what that person is experiencing, not what I'm experiencing. Yes. And I think, okay. I think that there are certainly, uh, I feel like, what we're seeing right now currently is that people have forgotten how to cope with feelings. They have forgotten how to uh, moderate what they're, what they're doing and what they're saying and um, not getting all the facts and um, just reacting. Uh, like I said, reacting by itself is not a problem, but it can become a problem right. when all you're doing is reacting rather than giving thought and, to what you're doing out of those feelings. Yeah, you and I have talked before and I think this is a good place to bring up. So one of the, so when we're, and I know we're gonna dig into this, but we've briefly touched on the fact that we can get facts and that we can, before we react and that we should, that's a healthy response, right? trying to fully understand what it is we're reacting to is, mm -hmm. is of course a huge sign of emotional intelligence and healthiness. But when we do that, so let's say we um, were online and you and I've run into this with some of our friends before where, you know, okay, you know, whatever topic it is, whether it's gun violence or who's going to be the next Supreme Court justice or Right. You know, we just had this whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, you know, we've, I mean, there's just so much going on, right? And so oftentimes we do, some of us do engage in what we think 
is research, but we, uh, where did that research come from? And you, you have often in conversations you and I've had brought up the difference between, what is it, causation and um, correlation? Uh-huh. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit. Hang on just a sec. Sorry about that. I was getting breakfast delivered with some OJ. Um, I love it. So anyway, um, so correlation and causation. So one of the things I'm going to kind of start off with is when I was in statistics and I learned the difference between correlation and, you know, in the whole causation subject, one of the things that was used to encompass it I, I still use to this day because I think it's the perfect example of this, this topic. And that's in, um, there was a study done in Arizona that, no, that found that when ice cream sales went up, so did murder rates. So, so there's, that's a correlation. As one thing goes up, so does something else. Or as one thing goes down, so does something else. But, and that's oftentimes when we're presented with information and I'm, I'm going to say it on social media and even in the mainstream media, we're presented with this information. Studies say, studies say, but what we're not realizing is they're providing us correlations. So if we go back to that example, as ice cream sales go up, so does murder rates. Well, that's a correlation. That's a relationship. That's not causation. It, it, it does not tell us what the cause is, but we can assume and are meant to assume that it's, you know, ice cream sales are the problem. So if we stop selling ice cream, murder rates will go down. No, there was a third factor that wasn't considered in that example. And that's heat. Heat goes up. Heat is going up, ice cream sales go up, and so does murder rates. Now, when we take that into consideration, we have a better picture. And so that's what we're dealing a lot with when we're presented with information and summaries from studies is we can't, we don't all have time to go read the research. And frankly, I, it bores me to tears to read the research verbatim straight out of the, you know, results. It is a little dry. It's a little dry and we're not all trained for it. Right. Like even with my my background and my training, I still, there's times I'll read the statistics statistics i can't even say it so you know how am i going to read it and so i think i think it would be really important for people to get some basic concepts though that go into research studies to understand what they're seeing when they're being provided with information things to use as questions go ahead i was just gonna say I, i think that's really important because you know even as somebody that grew up in the time when we had social media and um, like even you started using computers in school where we had to do research papers and stuff. Like there were certain websites, even back in the late nineties, early two thousands, we weren't even allowed to use as a source because it can be easily edited on by somebody else. Right. So the facts can't, aren't always accurate because it can be changed easily. Right. Right. Exactly. So here are some things I would share to look for that any of us can look for. First of all, know the source. 
which is what you're saying, Jay. I'm going to say it, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for it, but Wikipedia is not a source. That's okay. one of those sites that can be edited by anybody. Mm -hmm. So, and when you're considering source, is that their expertise? And um, I would, I would, if you're looking for serious information, I would avoid individuals and look for universities or, um, uh, and even then right now I'm, I'm a little cautious on that because I've recently had an experience in which I was um, looking up what the research was saying about a topic and ran into another problem, uh, which I was grateful to have the knowledge to recognize, but not everybody does. Right. So that, that leads to the next thing. Who are they studying when they did their research? Does it fit or is it, is it too broad or is it too narrow? Um, and did they, have, did they have enough people to represent the whole? And that's another piece that's really important is understanding that if I go out and I study 10 people, does that, re you know, 10 people of this educational background, let's say I said, okay, I'm, I want to know what counselors think about this and I only pull 10, does that re represent all counselors? Right. Is that a big enough number? And it's called the N. So is that a big enough N to get these, um, our, what, we, what we decide as the outcomes? So, so what is the source? Who are they studying? How many are they studying? And then what type of results are they, are they representing? Are they representing correlation, which is one of the simplest studies to do and is a very, very important. Correlations are important at the start of research because you want to look for relationships, but it's not the end all be all and not the final answer. And so if someone's telling you, you know, as ice cream sales go up, so do murder rates, question if there's other factors. Right. So that that's sort of my, my bit on that. Right. And it's important to know that. And I, you know, and even as you grow, go through school, like even the kids now are taught with like, you're right. Wikipedia is not a source. It's a great for general information gathering, but there, it will source at the bottom of the page where you get your research. And then you go to those pages and you get your information. And even coming from, um, again, research papers or something like that, you cite your sources and that leaves the people reading it an opportunity to go to those direct sources and get that information. And when you're doing a research paper, you may only use one paragraph out of an entire article. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of other information on that page that you may have missed that may correlate or cause what you're mentioning in that one little paragraph that you used the information from. Um, so it's, and then that one little sentence or paragraph taken out of context can actually impact how people react or, uh, you know, act on what they hear. Right. Um, so those are things you have to be mindful of. And I'm, I have no choice. I don't have a preference over a, a news media outlet or anything like that. And I don't get my news from certain places. Like I don't like, I know some people are very like, okay, I only watch this news network and that's, that's your choice. Do, you know, do what you want to do. But for me, I just hear what they're saying. And then I, then I go back and I look up the research and find out, okay, what are the details here? Like what, what's the situation? Um, 
because I try not to react directly to just one source. Absolutely. Because and then I could be reacting to only a, like 1% of the actual situation. Right. And part of the reason research articles are written the way they're written is so that they can be re replicated. Um, they lay out exactly what they did. And it's not for the average reader to, because it's not entertaining at all. <laughs> Right. But it's laid out step by step in order for their research to be peer reviewed. And what that means is someone else is going to try to replicate it. They're going to yeah. do the same study and see if they come up with the same outcomes. And the more something is peer reviewed, the more we can be assured that there's some real stuff coming out of that study. But I also want to say something else that, that kind of reflects on this is that when we do this, when we're doing what we're talking about right now, we look at the sources, we look at the numbers, we do all that because it helps us make better decisions because there is nothing worse, no worse feeling for me personally than to fly off the handle about something and find out that I was totally off base and find yeah, out we have to that I didn't have all the facts. Yes, yes. Um, this reminds me of, in the faithful community, um, uh, we we'll call reactionary and quick to judgment. Um, there's, there's a word, um, a phrase, um, a nickname, if you will, for people in the faithful community to do that. We call them cherry pickers. And it's basically where you choose a scripture that backs up what you wanted to say at least literally and figuratively in that one line that you gave it. But if you actually read the whole paragraph or the whole chapter, it really doesn't back up what you say. And you didn't, you know. And um, if, if you can't find the, if, if the scripture doesn't exactly fit it, you can go find a translation that better fits it. Yes, yes. That is something that has been happening a lot lately in the faithful community. So, um and I know all three of us, you know, we're, we, we profess our faith very loudly. And, um, but it's a very dangerous thing to pick out a scripture and use it to, to just justify what you're feeling or right. to justify what you're saying. And so, again, we need discernment. We in our research, right? There's only one word, right? And, but you have to use it in context of the whole thing or otherwise you are cherry picking so you can get it to say what you want it to say. Which is a good, good point because even in the Bible, and that's a good example because, okay, so here's the thing. The Bible was never written in English to begin with. It was written in Hebrew, it was written in Greek, it was written, written in Aramaic, and the words in that language do not directly translate into English. They right? took and what was like five close different, enough. Five different definitions for like one word, love, right? Yeah, there's, so like yeah. love, there's four different words in the, the Hebrew writing for love, and each word means something different, but in the English language, we have love. We have love for friends. We have love for community. We have love for family. We have love for your spouse. Four different versions of, of love, yet in Hebrew, there's four different actual words for it. Um, 
I can't think of the actual words at the moment, but that that's a good point because when the English, what we know is the King James was translated, that was done by King James. So he, they translated it. And now we have how many translations of the Bible? Like there's 30 to 50 translations of the Bible. And then there's like the translation they did in like the 1950s. And then like the NIV was translated in like, um, like the seventies. And then there was a new version of that in like the eighties and then like the nineties. And then in 2011, they redid it again because like the original NIV had just dear brothers and now it's brothers and sisters because to get it more, you know, politically correct, which amen for some of that. But if you want to really study out the Bible, you need to go back to some of the scriptures and the phrases in the actual original text to get the true meaning of what they were trying to get across in those scriptures. So when people do cherry pick, do they really understand the actual scripture they're using? Right. And, and it's also important to understand part of how you they translate it is through the understanding the culture of the times right that's another reason yeah. what's going right. on at the I mean, time ancient egyptian a word was a picture in chinese they have words like a, a, a one picture represents a word or a phrase and in english we don't have those so how do you translate that one little picture to you know a phrase or something it's very challenging it is it's interesting that you brought that up because i'm currently you know writing my next right. children's book and i'm studying out japanese culture and <clears throat> i went to read some of the proverbs japanese proverbs and i thought i'll i would read one and you know i'm a highly intelligent person and I would read this phrase and I thought that I knew what it meant, but then I would read the, what they were saying that it meant. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't get that out of that phrase. <laughs> um, so it, yes, we have to understand culture. We have to understand society. We have to understand so many things. And I think that that is very, very important um, to take into um to uh, to to effectually have that emotional intelligence, we have to be able to tap into all of these different things. Right, and it's it's good to learn that. And I, and I'm okay. So and I'm not saying like you can't pick a, a scripture out of there and use it if you have a situation that it needs. But um, that also there's a scripture talking about you need to have um, an explanation for your reason for your faith and. You know, so when you do come at somebody with a specific fact, you know, and you want to say, like, try to persuade them to think your way, have the facts and try to have as much facts, truth that you can get and try to set aside your opinion. Just like in an, in an article, like in a newspaper, there's always that section that's like the, the opinion section that's literally people's opinions of what's going on but the rest of the newspaper like they pride themselves on not sharing the opinions of the person who wrote that article they are giving you the facts of what happened so you just have to like I was gonna say, that's how it's supposed to be 
it's so okay. That's how, okay. I took journalism in ninth grade. Things were different back then. Right. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did too. And I'm totally blown away by how it looks right now. Right. Right. So there, is, and there is, and, and again, I'm not going to like sway either way to say like, so-and-so does this. Cause I'm not pointing right. fingers at anybody. There yeah. are some media outlets and some things that maybe do, and that's, that's, they're doing what they want to do and I'm not going to stop it. But I, I just really try hard not to, you know, go by the opinions of one specific source because I have to weigh like what I believe, you know, and I, I had to make the decision. Well, I will not say whether I did or did not, but I sought the advice of my medical doctor on regarding whether I should or should not get the vaccine for the most recent pandemic. I had that choice. I had to ask her because I'm like, she knew my medical health. And if I'm trusting her with my health of providing other medications for me to live and be healthy, I should at least trust her to give me the most valid information regarding whether it's going to be a good thing or not a good thing for me to do. And I did, and I got the advice and I took the advice that she gave me and I made a decision. Right. And, and, you know, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, um, how, uh, how easy it is to lose your train of thought when you have a head cold. Um, <laughs> Love it. it. It was actually, oh, one of the things when I deal with the word facts, um, I have a bit of a reaction to because um, this is just an example of something where I can be a little bit reactive. Um, I always am very cautious when it comes to facts that are presented to me. Because in the scientific world, very little is fact, honestly. Uh, most of it's hypothesis. Most of it's, uh, you know, we, mm -hmm. they very rarely ad, uh, uh, attribute the word fact to a conclusion. Um, right. Because my example is this. At one time, and this is kind of a weird example now presently, because there are people actually coming out and saying that they do believe this, but one time it was the earth was flat at one time it was fact that the sun went around the earth yeah. you know at one time there were a lot of things that were considered facts that were considered truths and mm -hmm. absolutes yes. but what i my experience is is other than outside you know anything outside of my faith that's a little bit different um it's a different topic and conversation but when it comes to how the world is working around us, there is very little absolute facts. Yes, I'm really glad you said that. Um, one of the people in my life, one of the most influential people in my life was my great-grandmother. Um, I talk about her often, Mamo. And she, I was living with her for a short time. I was pregnant with my first uh, child and uh, going to school and you know young and eager and you know I definitely god I don't know I remember being that age and being so much more black and white than I am now I'm so much more gray as you said and and I don't mean that yeah to me too that, the gray's coming out a lot <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to put that in the hair but yes my uh, with that gray I think comes grace and compassion and understanding but 
she, I would come home from school, something that I learned, you know, I was um, going at the time for certificates in hotel restaurant management and all of these things, because I grew up in the hospitality industry. And I would come home and be like, Mamo, you can't leave that chicken sitting on the counter like that. It's going to grow, you know, whatever. And, right. and she would laugh at me and she'd be like, Lori, if I listened to everything that every, yep. you know, journalism, a professor, everybody said, she said, I'd go insane. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is true. And she, she would say, I believe everything in moderation. I weigh it. I ponder it. I also use my own life experience or that of my families or trusted people around me. And then I make a decision that I feel, like you said, we have choice that is best for me and, and those I love. Um, so everything in moderation has kind of always been something that I've tried for. You know, something else, uh, T, that I think is important um, to bring up, EJ, you, you said something about persuasion, persuading someone. Mm-hmm. And, and so... I feel like that's happening a lot right now. Yes, it is. And I want to maybe just at least briefly touch on the fact that most healthy dialogue um, filled with the emotional intelligence that I keep talking about would hopefully not be about persuasion. It would simply, because, so we, we get a very passionate, that's reasons we're not supposed to talk about, um, politics and religion and, and, um, what was the other one? I don't remember, but, you know, um, um, I know, I know for me, one of the things when I was growing up, we didn't, you didn't socially anyway, talk about sex or anything to do with that, you know, out in a public forum. Because right. again, these are very private, personal, um, passionate things that we feel. Um, but a, a healthy dialogue and a healthy reaction should hopefully not be driven, if it's not driven by right and wrong, should also not be driven by our need to persuade somebody. Because if we, because we don't have to have ownership, right? Of something, we don't have to prove something. We're not in a court of law. We're not trying to, to um, you know, separate bone from marrow. We're actually in emotional intelligence and in our healthy reactions just simply allowing, if there's no right and wrong, something to be said, right? And so if we have less passion and ownership behind it, T, what are your thoughts? Um, well, one of them is what you're describing as a sort of communication. It's uh, communicating with someone, understanding that both parties have a need and both, both needs a matter. Nice. Um, another thing that kind of came up for me was... Um, thought errors so th there are a lot of types of thought errors but one of the, some of the ones I see a lot lately are things are like all or nothing it's either all this or it's nothing 
Um, another one is generalization. So if it works for this, it must work for everybody or everything. Um, so an example of that is um, like if I'm get, getting out of a breakup and I say men are evil, that's because of my one experience or maybe a handful, who knows, but must mean all men are e evil. Um, that's generalization. Um, but it's, it's the all or nothing or concrete thinking that tends to lend toward uh, miscommunication and um, not being able to meet in the middle. And the other, the other thing too, is what you were just, when you said, always feeling like you're in the court of law, it's because we're living in the land of judgment. We are, unfortunately. That's what judging does. It makes us all feel like we, we either have to be guilty, we're either guilty or not guilty. And, um, but discernment allows, is more in that assertive communication field in that we're allowing others to have opinions uh, and thoughts and ways of being, but just understanding what works for ourselves or not. And it's without yeah. judgment. So those are just some things that popped into my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we could keep talking about this, but I think we'll wrap it up here because I think it's, you know, it's, this is a good, this is a good topic and I think we'll talk about it more. And I'm, I'm glad we decided to do it because I think it's, We've been going for a little over a year now, and we haven't really touched too much on more public stuff. And I, I definitely don't want to like say that you can't be active and make a difference and have an opinion and have a thought, but just be careful when you try to express it. Because I feel like that's when things start to change. And I mean, I know friendships that have been broken and lost because of... Um, a decision or a reaction to something that happened um, right and I don't I know for us like we've you know I I have my people that I can go to and I can trust to say this is how I'm feeling about this situation and they're not gonna judge me or think any less of me because of that but those things I wouldn't go out and like make a public statement on it and you know I just 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 be careful and, and, and be mindful of what, what's out there. And, you know, we're, 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 there's influence all over the place. So just be careful. I think, I think it might be interesting. And this is, you know, if, if people are interested in this, please let us know. But um, it might be interesting for us to pick a topic that we may not all have, the three of us may not have the same exact opinion about mm -hmm. and, and model what that conversation can look like on one of these episodes of, yeah. of what it's like to have differing opinion, opinions among three people who care very much about each other, the people, and how right. we can have discussions about those things. So that might, might be something we could do. Yeah, do like a, like a mock discussion. That would be cool. <clears throat> I like that. Um, so I just want to say thank you, ladies, for um, indulging my desire to kind of be relevant and be current with what is going on uh, within our society today. And thanks for engaging in a very healthy way with me, just being very broad and open-minded and, and using our emotional intelligence to share our opinions and to talk about where we find those facts and to engage in 
healthy dialogue, but I really like that idea, T. Um, and so if you guys are interested, our listeners are interested in that, please let us know. We'd love to be able to do that. I, I like to model what I like to see out there in the in the real world, so to speak. So and let and let us know if you want it to be a serious, real topic like uh, current events and whatnot, um, or even something mildly silly, just to to have some fun with it, um, or both. Maybe we can model both. I don't know, but um, I think that one of the things that we're seeing a lot of is that people aren't modeling those things. We're not seeing a lot of healthy communicators out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it makes, it creates this environment that we've even had to use in this episode and that we're, have to, we're very careful what we say mm -hmm. because we know not everybody is going to agree with one thing or other and there's such hot topics. But that's unfortunate because as long as we're avoiding the conversation, we're avoiding solutions. Right. Oh, so true. So true, my friend. Well, just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. This episode is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and more. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Behind the Mask PC. If you don't use social media, you can also email us at behindthemaskpc at gmail.com. Feel free to review us on Anchor, comment on our YouTube channel, leave feedback on the platform you listen to us on, or message us through our social media or email because we'd like to hear what you think. If there is a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free to message us and we'll see about making it happen. You can find me, EJ, on Twitter and Instagram as EJ8302. You can find T's other podcast on Facebook, and it's called Our Journey with Jesus. You can find Lori on Twitter as Carpe Sparrow Lori L, and on Instagram and Facebook as Carpe Sparrow Lori Lee. And on behalf of the ladies and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.